When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Footlocker's Club with Bryce, Michael, and Riley. I know a story of high strangeness or two. Hey everybody, welcome back to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And out there in the ether this episode, and uh, maybe in your ears, I don't think we're going to have any soundtrack in this one, unfortunately, but don't worry, we have an amazing conversation coming up. Uh... Uh, missing missing in action but not in spirit is super producer Riley Bray, who's busy being a rock star uh, performing a show while we are recording this episode. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I forget. Riley's a rock star, man. It's yeah. so fucking awesome. Riley's a lot cooler than us. And uh, if, yeah, that's true. <laughs> if uh, our new tier on the Patreon has showed us anything, it's that people have figured that out and they want more, <laughs> more Riley. Um, I'm going to be like, hey, hey, Riley, if, if you wanted me to you know, put up uh, every rose has its thorn on my acoustic guitar up on your your new tier on the Patreon. I'd be happy to do that. I mean, if you just if you need a break or something, people just instantly stop. Not only uh, not only unsubscribe from the Patreon, they delete this this from uh, BCC from their podcast app. Um, Bryce and I are really lucky. We sat down this week with astrologist, poet, and author Heidi Rose Robbins, and we had an amazing conversation. Uh, it's been a minute. Well, not that long, I guess. Ron uh, Moorhead was our last uh, expert episode. But guys, we've been saving astrology, and I feel like this episode delivers. I'm very excited for you guys to hear this combo. So good, man. It, there's just there's something to where the planets are and and where we are in time and space that has a direct correlation and effect on our lives. I'm convinced. Hands down, convinced. Yeah. Um, and Heidi actually takes a little bit of time to go over our own charts, which was wild. Didn't yeah. ask her to do that. She offered that up, and that was pretty incredible. So you're going to hear all of that coming up in a moment. Uh, before we get to that, we have a Twin Peaks update. You know we're trying to get Bryce to watch Twin Peaks. Uh, he's been holding out. <laughs> he got a false start a couple years ago. I'm getting back into it. I asked you guys to send in emails uh, saying why Bryce should peak at Twin Peaks, and we got one. And I'm going to give you these reasons. These come from Casey Ann, who wrote in with five reasons. One, he only needs to watch season one and the new season. Right. That's that's all the seasons there are, right? No, there's season one, two, 
Fire Walk With Me and the new season, The Return. Okay, so just Kate, Kate, I disagree with this because season two, see, halfway through season two wraps up the central mystery of season one. So you at least have to watch. Oh, yeah, no, Michael wants me to watch the whole kit and caboodle. Let's let's not mistake. I mean, yeah, we need to see the whole the whole show here. There's an argument to be made that you should only watch like the David Lynch episodes of the show because, you know, second half of season two, he leaves and it's just Mark Frost. But there's stuff that happens in this end of the second season. Also, we get into Project Blue Book during that part. Like there's stuff that happens that sets up the return that are very important and fire walk with me also sets up a lot of the rules of twin peaks to return. So Casey Ann, this one backfired on you because I'm doubling down and I'm saying all of it. Okay. Well, number two, she's got spot on. <laughs> yeah. So. It's his literal shit magic for <laughs> wait. It's your literal shit. That's I don't think shit, that's huh? what you mean. Not literal. It is yeah. your shit. Magic forests, interdimensionality, afterlife theory, solving mysteries, sexy ladies, spooky times, crisp suits. Hundred percent on board. Casey with this one. One hundred. I mean, that's, that's just, yeah. That's Sold. the way you sell it. Uh, number three is people want a Twin Peaks other side episode. I'm trying to get a whole Bookhouse Boys series going on the other side where we are going to cover chunks of it uh, at a time. I think we should at least do one Twin Peaks episode over here that maybe launches Mm. some more over on the other side. That's all I'm saying. Could be really fun. Number four, Kyle MacLachlan. I would put him in number one on my list. Uh, And then number five. Matchin Amick, who is uh, one of the prettiest actresses and and fantastic actress of all time, uh, who is great on the show. So let's see. Let's see how committed Michael McMillan is to this Twin Peaks thing. Michael, would you let me borrow your your collector set? To, to get 100% no fucking way, dude. It's limited edition. <laughs> and that's how I'm watching it. Right, right, right. No. So I got to get no. my own Twin Peaks then. Basically, yeah, you can get it. You can stream it. You know what? Yeah. We, you know what? Maybe we can come up with the funds to get you one. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But you no, can stream okay, it. You'll okay. be fine. No, I, you'll have to show me where to get that one. Maybe that's the way I'll do it. Okay, I'm convinced. Okay. I want to do this. I'm, I'm Great. motivated. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited it. about it. I love it. Great. Keep winding them up, everybody. Keep sending them in, though. Okay, let's do some quick clubhouse keeping. Please be a five-star club scout and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show to more listeners. If you do, we might read it on the air like this one from Jack underscore Ralston. The truth is out there. BCC is a fun podcast that explores the unknown. The Tom Higginson episode, uh, Million Miller and Humans Were Here, is especially funny. Five stars. There you go. Million Miler. Five stars. That's all you need. Guys, go check out the Tom Higginson episode. It's apparently hilarious. Uh, Merch. No merch announcement this week. I teased it last week. It's coming. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram. In the meantime, if you want to pick up the snazzy merch we already have, please go to wearecampfire.media. Click that shop button or go to the link tree in our Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club or on our Twitter at Bigfoot Pod and find the shop button. You'll see all of our shirts there and they're all cool. Uh, Finally, 
Support the show by joining our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, where you'll enjoy a minimum of three bonus episodes per month. And don't forget, there's also that new ultra-terrestrial cheer that grants you access to a weekly soundtrack drop by Riley Bray and the occasional surprise audio delight. Riley, um... I, I need to talk to him because he's really spoiling our listeners with this tier. He dropped two episodes, two, two tracks in the same day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. These guys, love that. they're getting off cheap. So uh, make sure yeah. you, yeah. Head over to patreoncom slash Bigfoot collectors club and check out the other side, the parallel dimension to Bigfoot collectors club. Okay. Why don't we go listen to that chat? that we had with Heidi Rose Robbins, and then we'll be back to to kiss you all goodnight after this. Let's see those star charts. Our guest today has been a professional astrologer for over 25 years, and she refers to herself as a poet with a map of the heavens in her pocket. She is the host of two podcasts, The Radiance Project and Chart Your Career, has two books of poetry, This Beckoning, Ceaseless Beauty, and Wild Compassion, and is the author of the book series, The Zodiac Love Letters, and the book Everyday Radiance, uh, the latter of which is based on her daily Instagram offerings, of which I am a follower, and published by Chronicle Books. Not to mention, she has been featured a featured poet on two TEDx events. Uh, way too highbrow for this podcast, yet here she is. <laughs> Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome to the show, Heidi Rose Robbins. Yay! Best <laughs> intro ever. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you guys. Heidi, we're so I'm happy so to have ex- you. So excited. We were chatting briefly before the show uh, that I've sort of teased this as a potential episode a few times over the years. And if we ever did a show about astrology, you were the person that we had to get because I know n- a number of people who have recommended you. How? how why are you so popular? <laughs> what a great question. <laughs> pure, pure luck, lots of, <laughs> lots of joy, lots of enjoying people. No, I mean, I think it's so funny. I've somehow ended up working with a lot of people in LA, like particularly comedians in a, in a fabulous hmm. and wonderful way. And they've all yeah. been um, so supportive and so much word of mouth and so much like you gotta, you just gotta have this experience. So I just feel enormously grateful for the people that I've gotten to work with over the years. I mean, LA is That's- the perfect place for, I mean, so many people, they're like, what is going to happen in the future? <laughs> I need to know what's happening right now. Why am I not booking anything? When am I going to book something? I mean, that exactly. does bring up a uh, uh, does bring up sort of a question. Does, does a majority of your clientele sort of focus on the, I guess, the artist type, or do you have a lot of more, um, you know, even academic individuals or science-minded individuals? Does it really vary? Well, you know, it's such a great question because um, when I started, I would say it was almost all artists and healers and, mm. you know, seekers. And and in the last, I want to say, five, six years, it is now lawyers and CEOs of companies and, and, you know, I mean, just like scientists and researchers and psychologists. It's everyone. Let's just put it that way, which is wow. so encouraging because people are somehow opening to this beautiful language and science and in a new way. And I'm so grateful because it's such a wonderful tool. Hmm. We've been talking about on the show um, that over the past couple of years, especially during the pandemic that, um, you know, we saw an uptick 
in people getting into the paranormal. More people were at home, maybe hearing weird sounds in their houses or seeing strange things. Coincidentally, the UFO stuff seemed to really take off in the news during the pandemic. Do you think that there's an uptick related to the fact that a lot of us have just been home alone or isolated or at least in a period where we're quiet? (laughs) Yeah, or worried about the future. Yeah. What do you think it is? Yeah, I think we all got to quiet down a lot. And when we quiet down, it's a greater opportunity to connect with something outside ourselves, you know, and so it's a greater opportunity to listen to what wants to come through. And I think to really hear the almost like the soul voice that says, I think Mm. I really need to be doing this, or I don't Mm. think I can do this a moment longer. So I think it's only when we do get quieter that the new can really enter. And and one of the beautiful things about astrology is it's such a, a, a beautiful way to look at who we are and what we have to give. And I'm always so interested in encouraging people around what you have to give. And I think when we get quiet and we start to come to know ourselves through writing or through deeper conversation, we start to be more clear about the gift we want to offer. And I think that's some of what happened over the last couple of years. What I, was I love that? that because I feel like oh I, I was just gonna say it's like isn't that all we want to do in in the you know in the end anyway is is give something of ourselves I feel like you know and I know people who aren't you know giving a, a talent that they that they have or they're you know sort of you know slaving away in some job they don't really like they're not they're not being able to give something and I, I that's so much of a part of I think what makes us I don't know happy and content and and satiated with our lives is being able to give something. I love the way that you put that. Absolutely. I love that. And I, and I, I actually like to talk about astrology as a beautiful language of compassion and love and self-revelation. And the self-revelation piece is like, if I know who I am, I know what to do. I know what to give. So it's this awareness that then allows us to look out into the world with more compassion for ourselves and for others. And, you know, and then even encourage ourselves to take the next bold step that we need to take. Hmm. Do, you, do you feel like that's the thing that tends to set people back in general or people that come to you just a sense of like looking for purpose or not knowing what who they are truly? Yeah, I think... Um, I think a lot of us carry sort of secret desires or secret aspirations. And one of the things that I find that I do often as an astrologer is hold up a mirror or offer Mm. the next tiny bit of encouragement that says, of course you can do that. And in fact, here's where I see it in your chart, you know, like the Mm. secret writer who hasn't been writing but has been doing accounting or something like that. And then I can say, well, look here and look here and look here. Look at all these entry points for this beautiful gift. And so I I think that's one of the great ways to use astrology is to remind ourselves who we are, give ourselves next our next marching orders in a way so that we can flourish. Mm. Michael, I'm going to be asking if 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 Heidi sees honky tonk superstar in my future <laughs> somewhere somewhere in my chart because I'm dying to know. Bryce, I I guarantee you, if you really put yourself to it, you could achieve that. I'm not even teasing you. I, I think you could make that happen. The funny thing is, Heidi, as you, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, and not to get not to turn this into a therapy session, but I feel like as artists and actors, we're so constantly looking for 
out like outside validation to say, yep. see, you're good. You're good at what mm-hmm. you do. Here's a job. You booked a job. Or, you know, there are other fields in life that are the same way. Relationships are often the same way. You know, looking for that person who f- validates you externally. And you would think that astrology might be one of those things, right? I need to look to the stars. What do the stars tell me? But it sounds like it's really all about what you're f- discovering about yourself internally. Yeah, I think that's really a, a beautiful way to say it. I, my job is to sit with somebody at the deepest level of self. Like when I start a session, I really want to say, what's the most important thing you have to ask? Like, what is the beautiful question that you're holding? And my job is to simply reflect this pattern and say, see, see yourself, see, see the potential here. And of course, astrology is a science of cycles as well. So Mm. even though I'm not psychic and I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen and you don't want me to be able to do that, you know, you, we always want our free will to meet the design, but, but I can look and I can say, look at this cycle that's coming up. Look at what this window that is open, this door that is open to you. Do you want to walk through? Sometimes I can say, gosh, you're in the middle of a cycle that is particularly difficult right now. And here are ways that we can navigate it, you know? So I'm always turning it back to free will and to choice and to self-revelation. And that, yeah, that cycle makes sense, is like road signs, you know? And the cycle is literally is it- something that you'll see in a chart. Absolutely, because as we all know, the planets orbit, right? Mm-hmm. So we are we're born at a particular moment in time, and that is a snapshot. That's the moment of our birth, and then of course the planets keep moving, right? So we just have the snapshot of our relationship to the solar system, the moment that we were born. But then the planets keep moving, and as they keep moving, they will light up this picture. You know, like I sent you the pictures of your charts, and they they will be moving through each section of the heavens that in that circle that is your chart. And as they move, they light up certain planets, they create certain conversations that help you deepen, that test you, that help you grow. So it's really working with this archetypal energy that's available to us. I love Mm. that archetypal energy. Do do you feel like it? And I want to get a little bit into your background in a moment, but this is the thing that I've always wondered. Do you feel that there's a literal, obviously if we're seeing light, from you know stars and planets you know however many light years away that that they're we're getting we're getting bombarded with energy there we're getting bombarded with photons and gamma rays and x-rays i don't know i'm not a scientist but no go on go on is it yeah (laughs) is it literally the energy of the stars in the solar system that are in play here what uh, what is that archetypal energy tangibly what do you think or is it I like to say that everything is alive and we are all of one energy and planets are I I want to say are alive and great beings onto themselves you know mm. and so really we all are emanating and it's really the emanation of these planets it's not like I would say Mars is doing this to you you know Mars right. could <laughs> you know Mars could care less about you but it's it's more about the sphere of influence that these great living beings have. And so we are all standing in this ocean of energies. And it's our job to live, I want to say, almost spiritually, scientifically, to work Mm. with the energies available to us and evolve in consciousness and love. 
It does seem that that astrology is that sort of perfect combination of spirituality meeting science, and and I think that's what I've always kind of loved about it. It's true, and the truth is, you know, the truth is this is going to evolve as a science unbelievably over the next hundreds of years. Like this will get more and more and more and more precise. We've already been working with astrology for thousands of years. Mm. And this is a science that I know will continue to evolve and we'll have more statistics and we'll have more precision and, you know, new planets will be discovered. But absolutely, you're right. the, The sign that rules astrology is actually the sign Aquarius. And Aquarius brings in technology, it brings in a lot of objectivity, and it it, it brings in, it, it's a sign that rules the future, the progressive, like what's new. And astrology is deeply connected to this sign, Aquarius, and we are entering the age of Aquarius, which is a 2,000-year mm. age. So right. you better believe that this is going to be one of the tools that we use like crazy. Like kids will be born, and immediately teachers and parents and everyone will know their chart so that they can actually aid them you know, in, in, beco- in, in growing in this lifetime. I forget how long, you're right, these cycles are so long, this age of Aquarius that we're sort of now entering into is almost 2,000 years. What what, what was the prior age that we were in? Is it the age of Pisces, Pisces wasn't it? Pisces, Which was, yeah, right, Pisces. Let me see if I can get this right. This is I've always thought this was uh, cool, and maybe I want to know if I'm on track now that I'm speaking to somebody who knows. Bryce, I always thought Pisces because Pisces is also associated with Christ and Christianity. Yes, the fish symbol, sure. right? Yep. The and Fisher what's King, been sure. the pre- what's been the predominant Western religion for the last two thousand years? Absolutely, exactly. Christ and Catholicism and 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 all that. Yeah, right. Jesus is the symbol of the fish. You know. Exactly. And think about it. Like what we've done over the last 2000 years is we've said the God is on high. The Mm. God is transcendent. The God is outside of us. The age of Aquarius is God imminent. Oh, I we, love that. It's, it's Christ consciousness. It's we are all of this energy. And so it's the group that is empowered and not just the single disciple that's trying to climb the mountain and get to God, you know? So it's a mm. whole different ball game. And we are now in that threshold time where we're entering this age where it's it's about humanity growing together and not just each of us individually struggling towards the summit. I love that and I hope that it that's the case too because it, it's it's almost like we're in the nursery right now but we're right on track, you know what I mean? We're we're on schedule with with our development as a as a species as a as a human evolution uh entering this age of Aquarius. So nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. It, of course, it's not going to be like, hello, we're all brothers and sisters. We've entered <laughs> yeah, the age of Aquarius. Right. It's, I was it's not say, we're gonna go, No, no, we're, we're going to go through some very tough times. <laughs> I was going to say, we're dealing with a number of individualists right now that don't want things to change. So, And that's Aquarius too, by the way. Aquarius in its stuck form is very much the lone wolf, the one mm. that's the rebel for the just to be a rebel, breaking, you know, breaking the rules, or the one that joins a group group without thinking. Guess what? Mm. Aquarius ruled Nazism. Wow. So wow, it's the groups wild. that come together without, you know, for, for an ideal or something, you know, without the consciousness. So every sign has its wretchedness and every sign has its beautiful evolution. So yeah, we have to, the age of Aquarius, it's so interesting, you guys. I just did um, an episode of my own podcast where I looked at Zelensky's chart yeah. and, um, 
and you know, he's been so present, obviously, with Ukraine, yeah. and he is an Aquarius. And wow. he is standing, and Aquarius rules democracy, equality, diversity, and freedom. And here he is standing for all of that. You know, it's it's fascinating. Wow. That's like <laughs> yeah. seeing it play out on a global scale, right? In front of our eyes. That's that's crazy. It, Exactly. And remember how I was saying that, you know, obviously the planets are orbiting and they're always lighting up your chart. Well, Zelensky has Saturn lined up with his sun and Saturn is the planet of responsibility, authority, pressure, testing. So, you know, right here, every 30 years, Saturn lands on your sun. And for the last year, he has had this pressure of Saturn on his sun. So, I mean, this is just a living example of, of right. how the transits affect us. Yeah. And it's, mm. and it's fascinating to look in this moment in time, but it's not that he's special. Everyone has this playing out for themselves in their individual lives all the time. It's just that he happens to be on a large scale, you know, uh, you know, stage right now. Yeah, we're just watching how the energies work out. You know, we're watching one person and say, gosh, yeah, right now he is standing as a, a symbol of democracy, you know, and he's standing strong and he's being tested on all sides. So then we can look at that for ourselves, too, and we can say, well, how does how does it play out in my life? So the Saturn in the returning the sun, that's what we refer to as Saturn returns, correct? You know what? That not quite. Um, a okay, Saturn great. return is what you know. A Saturn return is when Saturn returns to where it was the moment that you were born, and it happens okay. right at twenty nine to thirty years old, and it happens again at like fifty six to sixty. And like um, Adele just did her Saturn return album, mm -hmm. where a lot of times Saturn return is. A, a, a divorce, you leave your job, or you get married. You, it's like astrological adulthood. And for all of us, it happens at 29 to 30 years old. Bryce, I when mean, did you get married? 29? No. Uh, when did I get Oh, God. Uh, okay, where am I? 44 now. <laughs> <You're terrible. laughs> Don't worry, no, she does like, not listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, 27, right around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got married a little bit before your Saturn return, and maybe mm. you made some other decisions at your Saturn return, you know, but it no, definitely is a threshold. Yeah, it's all it's all speaking to me. And this is sort of what I love about it. It, it always really does, especially a very, you know, detailed astrological reading or charter. I, I remember a book I bought early on, it was it was on numerology and the you know, the time you were born and, and all that stuff. And it and it, and it gave me a chart. And I remember you know, just sort of going through it and being struck by how much of it applied to my life at that moment. You know, I think I think one of the big misconceptions is I always heard my dad say, you know, read read me any uh, any astrological <laughs> forecast and, and 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 you'll find stuff that fits me. But uh, right, right, you know, everything seems so specific when when it's dealing with a very accurate reading. I think. Well, you have to look at the whole picture. Like I, I sent you guys your charts, you know, and you can see there's a circle with a dot in it. That's the sun sign. That's the position that all of us know. Oh, I'm an Aries. Oh, I'm a Taurus. But mm. if you look around the circle, there are a whole lot of other symbols. And each of those symbols has something to say about who you are. And they all are a voice in the choir of you. And, you know, one of the really cool things is when you have a partnership like you guys have, you know, doing this podcast for four years, or, or people with whom we collaborate you better believe you see overlaps in the charts. Oh boy, and oh boy. Of, yeah. And just, I mean, just to say one of the really cool things that I noticed is 
you both have very strong Pluto in your chart. So Pluto for Bryce is exactly on his rising sign. And I'll tell you more about that later. But let's just say it's a very important point. The rising sign is the most important point. And Michael, you have a Pluto sitting right next to your sun. The other most important point, Pluto is the planet of depth and research and psychology and wanting to get to the heart of the matter and wanting to uncover the mystery. That's what this podcast, you know, is about in a lot of ways. So it's this deep digging and this desire to shed and, and, and slough off anything that isn't true to the essence. And you both have this planet in an incredibly important point. So it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's really a language of symbology as well too, right? There's so much to glean from these these incredible symbols and and yes. uh, and, and all that I just love that you know so Bryce touched the, the upon- publisher oh sorry go ahead please oh no you go ahead I was just saying the publisher Tashin just put out this incredible astrology book focusing only on the symbols and mm. it's so beautiful all about astrology and it hones in on the symbols which are kind of a poetry themselves. It's so cool looking at them because they really do look like magic sigils, you know? I mean, they look like old (laughs) witchy kind of cool sigils that you might see in something like chaos magic or ritual magic. Yep, exactly. Um, Before we, I mean, my mind's going in a million different directions here, but Bryce touched upon something with his dad a moment ago. When we're looking at a daily horoscope in the newspaper, what, what are we looking at? Is that just a very, like... I don't want to say watered down, but is it a narrow view? Is it a very generalized view of that just monthly symbol? What is that compared to, obviously, you know, we're influenced by so many other sciences, you said. Yeah. It's looking specifically at the sun sign. So it's specifically at the month that you were born. But for example, let's say Bryce is an Aries, but he has Libra rising, which is the sign exactly opposite Aries. So if I immediately start talking about Aries, I might say, okay, this is a bold, initiating, you know, uh, entrepreneur, the one who loves to start things, the one who loves to jump in. But equally so is the desire Libra to be in partnership, to keep the peace, to make things fair and just and equitable. So there's always going to be this balance in, in, in Bryce's chart between Aries and Libra. And mm. it's never enough to say, Oh, I'm a, I'm an Aries. I'm get out of my way. I'm, I'm, I'm busting through um, because the Libra is always the gracious host and the, and the one who weighs things and assesses things, you know, yeah. whereas Aries is more impulsive. So immediately if, if, if if Bryce is just reading about Aries, it's like, well, yes, but, right? Well, and that, that vibe's so true because I'm the middle <laughs> child of a divorce and I'm always trying to keep uh, everybody happy. Like, are you okay? Maker. Are you okay? Yeah, total. Exactly. That's a, yeah, that's that the complete Libra. You guys both have a lot of Libra too, which is, are you yeah. okay? Are you okay? And checking in and making sure everyone's good and yeah. keeping the peace. And yeah. My I'm girlfriend okay. can probably <laughs> attest to that. <laughs> Yeah, we've got another off the chart, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> so, Heidi, we've we've gone this far into the conversation without asking you what's your personal paranormal history. How did you get into astrology to begin with? Well, you know, it's so funny. I probably have the most well grounded paranormal paranormal history. I, I was uh, my dad was an astrologer, and so when I was two, three years old, I was learning the Zodiac, like at, like with the ABCs. So wow. cool. um, it was very much a lineage. And 
it was always whispered in my ear and it was like being bilingual basically. Um, and my dad was also really a philosopher. Hey, by the way, I want to say this as a side note because my dad yeah. just passed a month ago and, you know, oh. he was a beloved, beloved friend and, and, you know, so sorry my for your loss. Yeah. Thank you. But I, I just wanted to say to you guys that one of my favorite memories of him was we were on a road trip in California. We were driving up the coast. I was a kid. It was the 70s. And he, they, my parents said to us, if you see Bigfoot, we'll give you a dollar. So we spent, <laughs> we spent an entire week looking for Bigfoot. And one morning when we were asleep in the camper early in the morning, my dad came outside the camper and shook it. And oh pretended to be Bigfoot. <laughs> and I mean, oh, honestly, so I was great. like, I just was, I just loved it. and made me think of that today when I knew I was talking with you guys. But, May, um, what a, <laughs> Bryce, Bryce, probably, well, how often do you do that with your children, Bryce? Well, I was going to say, your... I'm, I'm about to embark on a road trip, a family road trip with my family. And I better up the dollar to about 10 because they won't do it for anything <laughs> less, probably. But that's you a know. great way to keep them yeah. entertained. Yeah, my, dad, so you... fun, but, yeah. my dad used to tell me that if I saw a giraffe on the side of the road he'd give me a thousand dollars and you know what it never happened <laughs> oh too bad no it was so good though and it was such a it was such i think it was when the movie came out it was right around then but oh um, yeah but but anyway my dad my dad definitely taught me astrology and when i was about 18 or 19 years old i sort of said to him hey I really want you to teach me. Like, will you make me some uh, recordings that I can listen to you to listen to so I can get mm. the basics down? And so really all along I was learning astrology. Um, and then, and then all along I was also in love with uh, poetry and theater. And so it was very much for me, always a blend of artistry and spirituality. Yeah. That's so cool. And where, forgive me if I missed it. Was this passed down through the family? Where did your father learn it? You know what? He just, he went to the University of Michigan and he tells a story that uh, one day he was on his way to a class and there was a man sitting on a park bench and the man seemed really, really interesting looking and he kind of beckoned him over. And this man was a janitor at the University of Michigan, but he became his teacher and his name was Andrew McIver and he was a philosopher and he got my dad to get his first astrology book. And then, uh, so he was like 20 and my dad came from a total, like his family was not approving. They wanted him to be a doctor, do you know? But, mm -hmm. um, so, but he immediately at 20 years old started to study astrology. That, that is, is so incredible. Cool. I love that. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah, again, symbology, I'm sure with astrology, philosophy just, uh, goes hand in hand with it as well, because, yeah, there's so much to glean from the stars and from the universe and from the position of everything and these these great cycles of time. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's really an incredible if you think about astrology, it's this beautiful blend of like mathematics and astronomy and philosophy and mythology, you know, and psychology. It's it's really uh an incredible blend and it's quite beautiful to you can have deep deep meaningful soul centered conversations as with with this unlocking the door well we've talked about uh one of the great polymaths of of, of old times uh john d are you familiar with him he was the court astrologer to uh queen mary and queen elizabeth and yes. uh provides yes. astrological yeah. readings as yeah one of the real original fathers of science as well if you go back, like Galileo was an astrologer. If you go back even further, of course, all the kings and queens had astrologers. If you go back more recently, 
World War II, both sides had astrologers. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Even in 1225, Cambridge had a, an astrologer uh, in their faculty. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't until like the 17th century that we it started to like astronomy and astrology started to split and all of that. But uh, but it's for thousands of years it was absolutely woven in with with science and yeah. will be again. Yeah, it was Isaac Newton was also an alchemist, you know, so yes, the mystic yes. arts were combined with the sciences. What um like that that's what I was thinking about with the horoscope stuff is, you know, I grew up with we all grew up with that in our local newspaper and I can't remember a time where astrology wasn't present in American daily life. And but why is it why is astrology out of all of these I mean, you want to call it a fringe, you know, science, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to call it because it's there is still sort of a, a stigma that comes along with it, you know, sometimes. Like a friend was like, I told my friend that you were the guest tonight. And he's like, Yeah, you know, I don't I don't always believe in it. I don't really, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah. But it's so funny that we grow up with it. It's everywhere. Why do you think it's as mainstream as it is? Um, and then why the skepticism still? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I think that it is an interesting point to say that if you asked anybody in the world what their sign was, like, I would say 98% of people would know their oh. sign, which is kind of amazing sure. when you For think about sure. it, right? And it was like in the late 1800s that there was, it, there started to be astrologers that figured out that they could start selling sort of more personal horoscopes and could tap into that world. Up until then, it was more like, let's look to the sky. It's time to move. It's time to have a war. It's time, you know, and it wasn't so personal. But mm -hmm, in the late mm -hmm. 1800s, it started to be more psychological and personal. And we started to realize that there were enough truths that people you know, people love to learn about themselves, right? So I think that the popularity is just people like, well, tell me about myself, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but in terms of the skepticism, it's just that that's all we heard. It, and it wasn't refined enough. And it wasn't precise enough. And we weren't looking at the complete picture. And we weren't looking at the the, the full history. And of course, you know, we got messed up with religion and the judgment around it for many years as well, which we're still trying to extricate. Like in some ways right. it's still disapproved of in with, in certain traditions. Right. Um, but I back love, bring on the skeptics. Yeah. Bring on the skeptics. Yeah. Just, yeah. But it used to go hand in hand. I mean, John D was, you know, he used astrology to find the date to coronate Queen Elizabeth. You know what I mean? It just feels like, and they were religious people, you know what I mean? So it's so exactly. strange. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that has a big, a, a, you know, a big reason why it's in the, it's in the newspaper every, you know, day and week, because it, this is a thing that used to be for Kings and Queens and aristocrats. And, you know, once it can start being disseminated to, to everyday people, it's like, oh my God, this is, this is great. I can use this, you know? And that's why right now it's so exciting because really it used to be with astrology that you had to spend hours drawing up a chart. And of course, with computers, we started to have quick charts made and we started to have a real democratization of astrology because mm. it could spread quickly and we could share information quickly. And as I said, Aquarius rules astrology and the internet. It rules yeah. both of those. So right, we've, right. we've, we're, we've entered a whole new age where we can we can share astrology in this way.
So we have Aquarius to blame for all this, huh? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. This yes. podcast. Um, what before we break? What do you think people get right about astrology, and then what do people get wrong? Um, that's an interesting question. I think generally when people are afraid of it or skeptical about it, it's because they look at it as, um, an astrologer warning them or telling them this is going to happen or, um, dictating who they are. And so what, what they get, what they get wrong is that really it's just a beautiful, mirror, as we've said, and a beautiful opportunity to to dig into who you are and give the gift. I suppose what they get right is that um, they, they understand that we're not, that there are things that draw us together, that, that we're similar in many, many ways, you know, that we all are souls on a journey. And when we start to identify and see, a, a, let's just say a sign that is similar with another person, suddenly there's a rapport, suddenly there's compassion, suddenly there's like, oh, you're on this journey too. So people are getting right that they're interested in themselves and they're interested in growing up and growing into who they are. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Well, perfect place to take a quick break. And when we come back, Heidi is going to look and talk to Bryce and me about our charts. So Heidi was gracious enough to draw up our charts. Now that I've learned that it's it's almost instantaneous, I'm not as impressed, Heidi. But <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, so sorry. It only took a few minutes. <laughs> um, that's so cool, though. That that's a possibility now because you would think that this would. I, I mean, you must remember a time when you would have to sit down and do this. Would it really take hours to do? How did how was this possible before computers? Yeah, yeah. You had an ephemeris, which listed where all the planets were on any given day and listed the exact degrees. And yeah, I mean, I most I never had to do it myself. I always watched my father doing it. Um, but I never had to do it myself because by the time I was doing it, the computers were doing the work for us. That's but it great. would take, he, yeah, two, it would take a couple of hours for sure. He had he was obviously very handy with a compass. Just he sitting was, and yes. tracing circles. <laughs> um, well, what should we do? So we could, if everyone's okay with this, one of the things that we could do, if you're listening and want to take a look at what we're looking at, I'm okay with putting my chart on Instagram with this episode. If yeah. Bryce, you're okay with that, and Heidi, you think that's cool, then that's our fine. listeners could could take a look and and see these examples. But let's start with Bryce. What do you what do you see in Bryce's chart? Yeah. So one of the things that I want to say that's good for all your listeners as well is like, if you know the three primary positions in your chart, you know a lot. So if you know more, if you know the sun, the moon and the rising sign. So the moon has a lot to do with our past. It has a lot to do with our unconscious behaviors. It has a lot to do with our history and our childhood. The sun is much more about sort of our present personality and our and our sort of work in the world and our doing self. And then the rising sign, you guys, is the most important position because it wow. is the sign that we are apprenticing to and that we are calling in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I might, you know, so I might just go through a little bit of that with you. So it's interesting. Bryce, you have Libra rising and Michael, you have Scorpio rising. So 
Libra is the sign of right relationship. And as we said, it's the, it's the, it is the middle child syndrome in some ways. It's like, how can I keep the peace? And how can yeah. I be fair? And how can I be impartial? And how can I create right relationships throughout my whole life? And people with Libra rising really do often get married earlier, or they, they want to find their person, but they also want to find their collaborators. They also just really want to have a, a grace and an ease and a beauty in how they move through the world. They don't want to like disrupt things, you know, they want to bring, bring peace, but not a false peace. That's really important. Not a false peace. They're willing to look at what's under the rug, you know, if, if, and, and call it to the fore in order to create right relationships. So in other words, you might stand up for what is fair and just in terms of how we treat each other. Like that's the best of Libra. Hmm. Does that make any sense for you, Bryce? Absol- that- Absolutely. Yeah. It's ringing so many bells. Uh, just, you know, you kind of hit on it that, there's that sort of people pleasing tendency, but you're, which I actually hate about myself. But you're right. There's also, you know, that that side of me that is that is looking for right relationships and and just relationships as well. And I, you know, and I and I harbor those and I, you know, nurture them as well. I mean, it's yeah, it's spot on. And, you know, you also have the moon in Taurus, which is a very beautiful, steady, manifesting moon. It's, it's, it loves, it doesn't like to be pushed. It likes to do things in its own pace. It likes to sort of move rhythmically and, uh, Michael's it, laughing. Great... That is okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at my good. own pace. Good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You cannot move a Taurus moon. You know, they, no. they decide when they're going to move. Yeah. Does it yeah. say anything about a Taurus moon and how well they listen? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like you don't listen well, or do you feel like you do? What? Oh, I, I think Brian. <laughs> I think Bryce listens very well on this podcast, but sometimes when you're being like, hey, let's do this, this, and this, it'll go one ear and out the other. I like that my, this is turning into couples therapy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, one of the cool things is Taurus and Libra are both ruled by the planet Venus. And for you, Bryce, Venus is in Aries, which leads you back to your Aries sun sign. So there is a part of you that maybe you are a people pleaser in certain areas, and maybe you want to keep things lovely and calm. But there is a part of you, and maybe it's at work, where you're just like, all right, here we go. Like, I want, I want to bring a new idea forward. I want to be bold here. I want to, I want to maybe like fall in love with things quickly and with a great fire. Do you know, it's like mm, that, that, that's what I want. That's what I want. Does that, does that make some sense for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very, you know, when I'm, when I'm working in, in my profession as, as an actor, yeah, if I have an idea, I, I'm confident about it. I bring it forward. I, I don't, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to say I don't back down, but yeah, I'm very, that once I have a job, I feel like that people pleaser tendency turns off and I go about my art and I'm bold with it. And uh, yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. You do. You're passionate. Fun. You get carried away with stuff, even on the show, you know, which is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Well, it's great because like Aries comes forth. Like there's a phrase for Aries that says, I come forth and from the plane of mind, I rule, <laughs> which mm. is kind of dramatic. Mm. But I come forth with my bold idea, which you need because Libra sometimes will just weigh things for a long time. Right. But your Aries gets you to make a decision. Your Aries pushes you off the scales and says, let's do this. Let's be bold here. 
Hey, speaking of Aries, I always hear that sort of r- rumor, or I guess might be the word, but if, if you're an Aries, it's it's your soul's first time here on the planet. Did you, do you ever hear no. of anything like that? Or is there any truth have, to that? I have heard of that. And, and there, there is no truth to that. I feel like I've been here a fucking bunch. You know, I mean, to, you know what I, mean? I mean, I don't want to be so abrupt, but no, really we come back, you know, as far as I'm concerned, we have thousands of lives mm. and every turn of the spiral, we have an opportunity to grow in whatever sign we're in. And there are Aries that are very far along and yeah. very evolved, you know? Gotcha. So, gotcha. and, and it's also, you know, what cool thing about a chart is when you're looking at it, you don't know the person, you don't know the level of evolution of the person that's inhabiting it. Right. So I could be looking at Hitler's chart and be like, well, this is, this could be used in this beautiful way. Right. Mm, I don't right. know, unless I know the consciousness of the person that's, you know, working with the chart. Um, but in any case, let me just say that, you know, Bryce, you would come forth in the name of art. You'd come forth in the name of right relationships. You'd come forth in the name of a true peace. That would be really important to you. And you'd always love to be cultivating the new. And you'd have a relentless curiosity because Jupiter's in Gemini about the mystery. You guys both yeah. have so much in these charts about what the mystery. It's so cool. So you're, you could ask a 10,000 questions about like, uh, death and yeah threshold yeah yeah i mean so, that, oh my god 100 percent. that i can't believe that's in there i mean that's us that's why we do this podcast we are yeah. driven by the questions that uh bring mystery into our lives we are we are bound to the unknown we both love it can't get enough of it and uh yeah that's wild mm-hmm. that it's in there like that where yeah, do you absolutely. where is that specifically? Where do you see that, Heidi? Yeah, so if you look in Bryce's chart in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see a black planet that looks like the number 4. That's mm-hmm. Jupiter. Jupiter mm-hmm. is wow. the teacher and the beneficent one. It's in the sign of Gemini, which is the the one that looks like the Roman numeral 2, yep. and that is a person that is like relentlessly curious. That might also be the part that gets a little distracted and doesn't always hear everything, you know, like we were right, joking right. about before. Yeah. Because your mind is so busy thinking it's about racing. These, it's racing. It's you know, racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's grabbing equations from the middle I'm grabbing of the equations. air. I'm, just, get, I'm getting information. I'm researching. I do, you know, there's a lot happening there. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, and, and just to say one more thing about Bryce's chart, just about this present moment, and then we'll go over to Michael's. But when I talked about transits, there are two really cool transits that are going on for Bryce right now. One of them mm. is that Jupiter is lined up with Mars, and that's going to be hitting like any day now. And that only happens once every 12 years and it's oh, wow. really good for your work for your work life it's a big oh. like foot on the gas pedal in terms of your work life and a, and a big yes in terms of progress so that's that's the first thing that's happening within a month and then the other piece is that you must have something culminating now because basically the planet Uranus, which is the god of excitement and the new and change and reinvention since last uh, summer has been sitting on Mercury in your chart, which is the planet of communication. So something's wow. being electrified and uh, woken up around your message and your message is getting out there. And this only happens once in your lifetime. That's incredible. That that rings so true. I got a great communication this morning that that hints at what you're talking about. It's that's wild. Good. Sounds good, like you good. and I need to talk off podcast. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And and yeah. And so, Michael, should we hop over to you for a minute? Yeah. I, before we do that, I'm just curious, Bryce. Have you ever? I should have asked this when we jumped in. Have you ever had your chart done before? 
You know, I think I have had my chart done before and they, and I think it was a printout. It told me like what to look for, what to look out for, but, but there's, it didn't speak to me the way, you know, Heidi's speaking to me about it now. It's something, it's completely different. I mean, does that make sense? Of course. I listen, when I, I have gotten printouts for myself over the years, I can never read them. I start mm. reading an astrology printout and I'm like, uh, it has to come alive. It has to be embodied. I mean, it feels even Bryce, like that, a- like there's an interplay, like, you know, it, it, yeah. it's, you know, it's a transactional process, uh, you know, you providing the chart, me looking it over and, and us working through it together. There seems to be a new energy that's created there. Absolutely. And yeah, there's so many ways in like there's you you also have this thing going on called the progressed moon in Sagittarius. And that is all about adventure and risk taking and daring yourself to grow, daring yourself into new territory, travel. And that's been going on, you know, for a couple of years already. And mm. it will finish up in May. But I mean, that's a very enthusiastic goal setting energy. How yeah. long? How many years wow. did you say? It's been going on since May of 2020 um, is when it, when it shifted in. Yeah. And and it'll move out in May of 2022. Yeah. It's a, it's very positive, forward moving, enthusiastic, uplifting, you know, going on a quest, going on a quest. I feel, well, I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Thank you so much, Heidi. I really appreciate that. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and of course we're just getting a taste, right? Because yeah. usually I'll sit, well, I'll sit with people for an hour, and we'll we'll ask questions and we'll dive deeper, and um, uh, but this gives you enough of a, a little taste to get you to whet the appetite, as it were. Oh my yeah. god, absolutely. So, um, so, Michael, you know, you have Scorpio rising. And if you look at the chart, if you look at the nine o'clock hour, that is mm-hmm. where your Scorpio rising is. And Scorpio, and not only do you have Scorpio rising, but you might notice there are four other yeah. planets in Scorpio. Yeah. Okay? Stack deck over there. Yes, my friend. You have Venus and Mars and Uranus and Mercury all in Scorpio. Scorpio is a profoundly deep sign. It's a very penetrating sign. If if I were going to be glib about it, I would say it rules sex, death, power, abuse of power, money. It rules the mystery. And any Scorpio person is often intensely private mm. and uh, intensely searching for the deepest truth. Wow. And 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 Michael, all those planets are in your 12th house, which is the house of the mystery and the unconscious and the subconscious and our connection to God and our connection to the universe. So it's in this very private house that's all about trying to figure out what it's all about. <laughs> so when yeah. pri- I mean, so when you say private just what does that mean specifically? Because I feel like what we're doing now is very not private. You know what I mean? I know. So, is, it, is this intent? Is it intense to be sharing this? Or are no, you, uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> okay, good, good. I mean, good. I definitely think that I'm someone who has a very active inner world and inner yeah. life. You know what I mean? And uh, and I would say that these these are the type of things that come into play. You know, and like when I really get to know somebody or say like when I'm in therapy and I'm really talking about what's going on in my head, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I I can get lost very easily internally and in my mind for sure. And maybe that's yes. the private aspect of it. I don't know. Well, and also you're we have to qualify 
immediately because you're a Libra, which is one of the most relational signs. And it's in the 11th house, which is one of the most gregarious signs. So I would say there's, you are a paradox because there's a part of you that's like, put me in a room and I'll circulate and I'll talk with everyone. But there's another part of you that's like, oh, you sit on the couch. We're going to talk for five hours and we're going to actually talk about what matters, you know, and and get to the essence. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. And even even on a very concrete note, the twelfth house rules. Like <laughs> this is kind of funny, but like the disembodied voice, it rules like radio, it rules podcasts, it rules what's behind the scenes. So here you Whoa. guys are digging into the mystery on a podcast, you know, researching. But all, you know, also Scorpio can have kind of a dark sense of humor and it can enjoy comedy. It doesn't have to be like pure seriousness, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's there's definitely an inner struggle with Scorpio. There's um. There is a, a kind of the phrase is warrior am I, and from the battle I emerge triumphant. Mm. So it's like an overcoming of fear or struggle or pain, you know. And I mean, that's a deeper conversation that we could have. But um, but for sure, I see it just on a, on a simple level in your relentless and tenacious desire to understand the mystery. It's fascinating too because I also feel like. You know, I've chosen a profession, and Bryce, I know you relate, that is also a mystery. You know, just I just launched another podcast that's all about, you know, pursuing a life in the entertainment industry and what what's behind what's the mysterious mechanism behind that what's behind you know fortune and being able to succeed in a business you know so the so just even the nature of what i think bryce and i do feels like a mystery too there's an elusiveness to what we're pursuing yeah and sometimes it's easy with the 12th house when the 12th house is loaded sometimes it's easy to feel very um alone in it, even if you're surrounded by allies and community, it can also feel like there's a, an isolation even in it, you know, cause you're each on your own journeys that have the high highs and the low lows. Um, but, but I would say this, Michael, I did, uh, I, I did listen to the most, your most recent episode and I was thinking, oh, he just launched a podcast. That's super cool because you, your progressed moon just moved into the sign of Aquarius, which is all about distribution Mm. and it rules like getting it out there and sharing and being heard. And so, and it also rules breaking a few rules and being a bit of a maverick and going your own way. And you've just entered this as the, at the end of January. So this is a new energy for you that is available to you. And I think it bodes well for the podcast for sure. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. He started his own podcast on his own. Can you believe that? (laughs) He did exactly what you're talking about. He broke off on his own and he's distributing. Which breaks your Libra rising heart, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? There's no way I'd get him to do more work on another second podcast. (laughs) But, you know, also, Michael, you, I mean, there is a part of you, no matter how gregarious and out there you appear there i'm gonna fight for the fact that there is a deeply private part of you Mm. because you have the moon in cancer and the moon in cancer is one of the most private cautious places because it wants to protect itself you know it's also one of the greatest nourishers of the zodiac and it and it's also one of the most resourceful signs um but it it's not it, it doesn't like to reveal itself you know um i think that that 
That tracks. I, I actually think that tracks when it comes to like, you know, how not, I don't want to say like how I'm really feeling about stuff, but you know, something, for example, like this is a very light example, but when I was a kid and I'd be watching a movie by myself, if my mom or dad came into the room to sit down to watch the movie with me, I felt invaded. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Because I was oh like, I'm having my moment here. And sometimes right. it would be embarrassing. I'd be like, I don't want them to know what I'm watching, whether even if it wasn't anything bad, you know what I mean? Which it sure. rarely was. Yeah. I just didn't want them intruding on my pri- the, in my private time. So that makes sense. That Man. is a perfect example. I have a, a a cancer moon daughter and she'll say like, when are you guys going to go out and how long are you going to be gone? And can you stay away for a while? You know, like just needing to be in the house by yourself. You need solitude. Like this is also a chart. It must feel a little bit um, wildly different because there's a part of you, profound part of you that needs solitude, but the Libra part is always wanting to connect, you know, yep. so you have to feed both fires. You really do. Yeah, what's so great about these? What's so great about these charts is once once you get one done with your birth date and your birth time and your place of birth, I mean, this is a chart that you can use for the rest of your life. I mean, I know it must change a little bit because times change, but is, is that right? Like, once you have this chart, is this something that you can go back to again and again? Absolutely. So you you can keep like I I love to think of like beginner's mind. I always go back to my chart and I think, well, what else? What else about this position? What else about this relationship? Mm. Like you see all the lines at the center of the circle. Those are all like, how are these planets related? How are they connected? And you can study each line, right? But of course, what changes is if you were looking at a chart, there would be another ring outside this circle, which would show where all the planets are now. And Got that's right. what's always changing. And so, you know, I work with people over 20 years and we're yeah. always touching in and saying, well, what's happening now? You right. know? Right. That's Do you ever go back and go, well, what was going on? You know, like, th- for example, like there probably the last time I got my chart done was I want to say 15 years ago, maybe. And I, at least 14 years ago, maybe. And I had just, I remember I was still young out here, maybe four years in. And I had just come off like the best year of work that I had had so far, like a TV, a, a TV show, a movie, like guest stars. Like I was employed every month of that year. And it was a big deal. And I was remember that 2008? It, was just, it was, was 2007 that turning okay. into eight crossing over into okay. no 2006 and then into 2007. The year itself was 2006. And so I remember I, I went and got my chart read at uh, in Sedona, Arizona. Oh, that's a good Crystal place. Palace. Yeah. And the woman was really cool. She was looking at my chart. She's like, huh? And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, it's going to take a long time for you professionally. It's really going to take a long time until you <laughs> feel like you've made it, like you're there. And I was like, what is this lady talking about? I just had the best year of my career. I'm taking off right now. And then literally the week I got back from that trip, the show got canceled. That movie came out and disappeared instantly. And I did not work for the rest of that year. And I've always worked on and off since obviously. And I have really good runs and really, you know, slow years, 
But it's funny because that that conversation is always stuck in my head. And I was like, what was she looking at that was telling her mm. that? And how well, much longer yeah. do I got to wait? <laughs> well, I can I can actually speak to that. And I want I mean, I've pulled up 2006, Michael. And one of the the reason why it was a banner year is that the planet Jupiter that takes 12 years to go around the chart was in the sign of Scorpio. So it was oh. hitting all of those planets, which is oh. Jupiter's a big, yes, and Jupiter's expansion and like growing, 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 growing. But at the same time, actually both of you in your chart have Saturn in the 10th house. And Saturn is the planet of where we are initially tested, but we become masterful there. Mm. And guess what? We usually become masterful right around our 40s. You know, we start right. to get into the groove. Saturn is in your house of career for both of you. So yes, it's the long game. And, and it's like staying with and being tenacious and not giving up. And you better believe it pays off with Saturn in the 10th house. And so you're both now in the sweet spot. Like from, you know, from here on out, Saturn starts to be a whole lot better. Mm. Well, we love that. <laughs> I mean, but, 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 but that's why she said it. She said it because okay. of, of Saturn in the 10th house, which I wouldn't say, oh, my God, it's going to be terrible. You're not going to, you know, this is, well, this she, is not. She didn't but. say terrible. She just said, okay, it's going to be a while. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's happening right now. Mm. And then I was like, oh, she was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love Saturn more, almost more than any other planet, even though it's like kind of sometimes task mastery. But it is the planet where you can grow the most. And you can really um, feel like I earned this. Wow! You know, this having having a chart like this is so much different than just having your parents tell you you're where you need to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, it's nice. It's nice to see it and feel it and know that you know this ancient old universe and and all these stars and galaxies in it. You know have a have a position for us and and we are where we need to be and the and the stars and the planets tell us that absolutely i love that beautifully said amazing <laughs> heidi rose robbins thank you so so much for joining us i wish we could talk for hours. Uh, totally. I probably will have to, to speak to you off. Oh, off you're going to be speaking again for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can Absolutely. already tell. Yeah. And I think the <laughs> privacy part of me is already regretting sharing some of my chart. But where can people, how can people find your work, your books? How can people book a session with you if they want to book a session with you? How, where do we reach you? Yeah. So every morning I write on Instagram at Heidi Rose Robbins and um, I write a, a note of inspiration, a moon note I based love on the those, astrology by of the, the way. day. Mm-hmm. Those are great. Yay. them every day. And I guess the next best thing to do is just go to HeidiRose.com and that is where everything is and will lead you to new places. And if you want to listen to my podcast, either Chart Your Career or The Radiance Project, they both have a lot of astrology and Chart Your Career, you get to send in questions and we answer them astrologically about your your career questions. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, Love that. But yeah, start start with the website. That's the best place. Okay, okay great. You know that will be... Oh, go ahead. In Mike. the show notes. So just letting our listeners know, I'll put that link in the in the episode description. Absolutely. Oh, and let me just say, if you really want if you wanted to know your sun, moon, and rising and wanted me, you know, me or my team to talk about it, th- that's available. It's called a snapshot. And they are great because they really give you a better picture than just your sun sign. You learn about these three primary positions and it's like a 15-minute audio that's a personal audio that you receive. So that's, oh, that's a very amazing. cool way way into your chart. 
I love it. I was just going to say, you know, astrology has been great for our family because it sort of acted as a as a bridge, funny enough. I mean, me, I'm into all this crazy, crazy stuff, cryptids, UFOs, altered states of consciousness. And and my wife and daughter, they just roll their eyes. But, you know, when, <laughs> yes. but when, when we go to a, a shop or something like a cool gem store or a, or a cool place, they they have recently gotten into astrology and they're, you know, they're looking at the books and, and, and it's, so it's been Aww. a great bridge for us to start to communicate as to how we feel about the mysterious and the unknown and, and, and oh, what I we can do that. about it, how we can interplay with it. So uh, mm. it, it, it's a great thing, you know? I love that. Oh, it's yes. so exciting. This will be the first episode that your wife listens to, Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, after all this time. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Heidi, we don't want to keep you any longer. We know you're busy. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Bigfoot Collectors Club. And uh, I'm sure you're going to come up again in the future, no doubt. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I love talking with you. And we can do part two anytime you want. Uh, <laughs> Great. What a pleasure. Thank you so much, Heidi. Thank you, guys. Well, at least one of us is thrilled about where they're at. The other has more <laughs> questions. Is this reminiscent of your first astrological chart reading? Yes. I keep feeling I do not like, like these. <laughs> I guess I'm getting a day job while you're getting a six movie deal. Um, well, we'll, have, we'll have to see how it all plays out. But that, you know was, what? that was really cool, man. It was great. She's amazing. I'd heard she's great, and I definitely want to go have a full reading and get to the bottom of some of this. But I yeah. do appreciate discovering that we both have big Pluto energy. Um, oh, which man, also, totally. That's big, great. Big Pluto you know, BP, energy. That's, BP, a, that's a song. That's BP, going on the fucking list. I think it's a song and a t-shirt, for sure. Um, yep. Our thanks again to Heidi Rose Robbins for, for being on the show. I'm so sorry Riley missed this one. It would be great to find out what a, what a rock star's chart looks like. Um, totally. Check out the new Spindrift album right now, alternativetentacles.com, if you want to hear Riley's new music. Classic Soundtracks Volume 3 is out there. It's streaming uh, follow Spindrift or Peace Drone on uh, Instagram. That's Riley's page, and you'll find out where Spindrift is playing. Uh, they're back out there playing shows. So if you're in the L.A. area, you should definitely come check them out. Uh, Bryce, what plugs do you got, baby? Hey, all new episodes of Expedition Bigfoot airing on Sunday on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus. You're not going to want to miss it. And you know we're going to talk about some of that stuff over on the other side, bro. Show. Um, as for me, please check out that aforementioned new podcast, Slate Your Name. We're about a month in. Uh, if you guys, oh, I should mention, uh, maybe you guys saw that, uh, an episode featuring Bryce dropped in the feed yesterday. Maybe some mm. of you guys skipped over that. I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. We're recording this in the past and you're in the future. Uh, but check out that episode with Bryce. Um, and that'll give you a sense of what the show is. Plus, it's sort of like a bonus Bigfoot Collectors Club episode where we don't talk about. Well, it really actually, is. We do talk a little bit about superstition and like folk magic and how it pertains to actors. Yeah. So there is a little bit of BCC. It's a nice in that addendum episode. to uh, the BCC. Yeah. It's you and me talking, talking yeah. shop, man. What's not to Ab- love? Absolutely. Uh, follow Slate Your Name uh, podcast on Instagram and the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Heidi. Bryce, it's been great being your uh, astrological uh, brother for the past uh, four years. Touché. Let's keep Touché. it going. Um, until next time, good night and go get regressed.
Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday.